0: I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.
3: The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing,
2: or unnerving. Please note, viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy.
0: First, I stripped her Oh, how did she kick, bite, and scratch? I choked her to death and her into small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body.
2: Welcome back to another "I Could Murder" podcast, episode number ten of series four. I'm Tom Norris, and I'm joined by the man that sends shivers down your spine, Ben Carter.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate good shivers. It's
2: terrible shivers, the worst shivers you can imagine. But some people Frostbite. like
3: them. Some people like pain, and we'll get into that. Very good, very good. And spooky season, Tom, just around the corner. Any big uh, Halloween plans? <laughs> But what are you gonna do, him? Halloween plans. <laughs> <laughs> you just did that in a normal voice as Should have done it like that. Yeah, you didn't. Spooky season, Tom, just around the corner. Have you got any big Halloween plans? <laughs> have you? What, are you up to much?
2: <laughs> you just made up a new uh, horrible creature that I don't even know Thank what it's meant to be. But um, big plans. Uh, we've got a Halloween special episode, which we're gonna mm. be, which we're gonna be getting all spooky for. Um, spookier than usual, but. <laughs> I started watching a horror series on Netflix. Yeah. The Haunted House, Hill House, Hill, mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion Hills. Sounds a really convoluted mysterious. name. Mysterious, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But it's good, it's good. It's good. I recommend it if Fantastic. you can find it.
3: Fantastic. And you mentioned the, uh, the vote for our Halloween episode. I think... I didn't. So obviously we've had an Instagram vote for our Halloween episode next week. I have a feeling if this guy wasn't this week's case, he would have been in for the run-in. He is
2: probably, I'm going to say, the creepiest creep that ever creeped. Mm. in present company that's quite a thing to say but thank you yeah <laughs> with your long arms tickling people but yeah I do think you're right he's he you know he's been referred let's go through some of the names the boogeyman the werewolf of wisteria mm. the brooklyn vampire mm. the moon maniac some good names there. the grey man
3: that's the one that gets me the most the grey man not as a colorblind guy that's the one that creeps me out. are you colourblind? yeah oh. no fucking way thank you very much yeah I am But the grey man, so simple but so effective. Yeah. It's like the woman in black.
2: Yeah, they could be relatives. They could. Cousins. So, of course, today's case is Albert Fish, the boogeyman.
3: But before we jump into the case, uh, some quick socials. Uh, If you're liking what you're seeing, (laughs) at Could Murder a Pod, Instagram, Twitter. And we've got a Facebook as well. Just search I Could Murder a Podcast on Facebook and we'll pop up.
2: We're really developing a great community over there on (laughs) Facebook,
3: Ben. So
2: I would love you to join us on there. sharing
3: it yeah lots of lovely new names lovely new faces over on facebook uh it it, it warms the cockles of your heart
2: it really does i send shivers down my spine the good ones they're multiplying and if you're sitting there going oh after this episode I've, I've watched all the episodes I've got, got nothing left uh, we have got a Patreon which you can go on and we've got over 40 episodes on there now I think it's 42 and they're voted for by you so you request a case we put them in a poll everyone votes and then we cover the case you guys pick
3: absolutely and the Patreon is truly keeping the lights on and the, the coffee warm here in Boston Sound um, <laughs> it was hot coffee <laughs> And we upload weekly episodes every single week, of course. (laughs) That's the meaning of weekly over at patreon.com forward slash could murder a pod. And it's just a pound a week. You can get your episodes in audio form, video form and all the support.
2: And some of the size of your head. And if you want to support us in another way and get something you can physically hold or wear, why not go over to our store, icmap.store, where we've got a whole wide array Mm. of knicker-knackers. Yeah, it's catching on. That's where everyone's been saying. Some people like it. Someone takes me over there going, got your knicker-knackers. It's like, back off. And then they bought loads from the store, so thank you very much. Yeah, we have mugs, we have totes, we have hats, and there's going to be new <laughs> stuff coming soon, which I keep saying, but is in the works, trust me.
3: Mm, mm. And the other week, I was in preparation for this case. So we, I was driving back to Leeds uh, after, I think we filmed the White House Farm episode, or it might have been... Oh, who we serpent. Do serpent. Could have been Serpent. <coughs> I was driving back to Leeds and I thought, you know what? We're covering Albert Fish in a few weeks. I'll, I'll pop a podcast on and have a listen. Got distracted for 36 miles. A snail crawled along. Not crawled. um What do snails do?
0: Sliver. That's Sl- so sliver, but. Yeah. Dan? That's actually, yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Thank
3: you. Take a case where you can get. um uh, Speaking of which, patreon.com. Dawdled. So anyway, I got about. 36 miles back to Leeds and the snail a, a silhouette of a snail appeared on my bonnet and it stuck with me for 36 miles I slowed down because I was fearing the end result and uh, didn't listen to a thing about Albert Fish so fingers crossed it's going to be it's going to be an exciting episode
0: do you know what I just googled how do snails and the fifth thing, thing that came up was how do snails kill people
2: let us know in the comments below if um you know what a snail does with its movie don't google it they have a bit of fun with it Twenty thousand
0: deaths a year from freshwater snails.
2: We need to do a case on the snails. Globally. Christ. That can't, that's that's ever. That's not yearly.
0: I think he said a year, didn't he? 20,000 deaths a year. A year. A year. Globally, wow. Dan? Globally. That was in 2016. So with, with inflation, Ben? <laughs> well, it's it's, not sweet. In, in Cambridge here. I don't
3: know if he's searching for England or not.
0: Good question again.
3: That's not a good question. Not, I'm not taking that one. <laughs> well, I was scared of it shaking it off my, of my bonnet. I slowed down and actually it turned it... halfway through the journey, just a silhouette <laughs> to make itself more
2: aerodynamic. Well, if any, I'm glad you did because it, it probably would have killed you if, you if you did anything silly. That's right. Yeah. I and mean, then you wouldn't be here, which would have been terrible. Genu- well, genuinely. But... Fuck. Imagine.
3: Imagine. Edit me out now, Bonsi, as a ghost. Uh,
2: Imagine. no mm-hmm. <laughs> mine.
3: It's mine! But Ben, before we talk about today's case, let's talk about today's sponsor. So today's episode was made possible by the wonderful people over at Manscaped.
2: And Ben, you know, spooky season is right around the corner of Halloween, and people are probably wanting to do the monster mash. But tell you what you don't want to have. A monster slash when you're trying to shave your bollocks. (laughs) You're at a Halloween party, you're shaking your leg, you're dressed as Mm. Gomez Adams, suddenly you see Morticia across the room. Mm. You want to make sure down there is looking right and feeling right. And with the lawnmower, 4.0, Ben, dreams do come true.
3: And you don't want to be a cousin it. You want to be an Uncle Fester.
2: And ben, I've been sat close to you for over a year now. Sometimes things smell
3: a bit. they also- No, 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 no. <laughs> so at Manscaped, Tom, you can select from a wide variety of, of different uh, shavers as well as different accessories.
2: Yeah, for example, if you had stinky balls. If you had ha- them.
3: Yeah, if you did. I'm not saying... No. But if you, let's
2: just say, no. let's, just say you, let's just say you did say I did. Let's Go say on. let's admit that, that there's well, board ball, ball deodorant um, for anti chafing and also just it a nice to smell. Do you need a Does little smell? Sniff?
3: Hmm. You're gonna be smelling terrific. Your bollocks will smell the bollocks. Exactly what he said. That smells really good. I'm gonna be the bell of the balls with this,
2: Ben. If you're walking around the office and you're feeling a bit sluggish, maybe like oh something's I don't feel quite right. The coffee hasn't hit right. Hmm. Why not have the, the crop reviver? So the ball toner, a little spray, a little pick-me-up, a little buzz, a little spring <laughs> in your step, a little spring in your ball.
3: So don't just take our word for it, Manscaped has over 2 million members worldwide. That's a load of bollocks. That is true. So one of Manscaped's best-selling products is the Performance Package, which is the perfect package to get your package looking like the well-packaged package it is. So not only will you be helping yourself and your balls out, you're also helping these two guys out big time, and you're supporting the channel by heading over to manscaped.com and using your ICMAP discount today.
2: You get 20% off and you get free delivery. Get that sack back on track. So use your brain to help your balls. So we'll talk about Albert Fish's childhood and see if there's any red flags to demonstrate why he would turn into such a horrible creature, Okay, yeah. the Boogeyman. The Moon Maniac sounds like you made that up.
3: Me? I have But
2: it's on my notes, so you didn't make it up. But...
3: I have actually come up with a name for oh, him, but I on. think it shows my age a little bit. <laughs>
2: Fucking hell. Go on. <laughs> The Kaplunk
3: Killer. Oh, I have got one for him. Uh, okay. shown my age a little bit here. The Kaplunk. I
2: can't do it. <laughs> Why can't you do it? It's just a button, isn't it?
3: So I've actually got a name for him. shown my age a little bit here. If you used to play the game, it's the Kaplunk Killer. Okay. Because of the needles.
2: We'll get to that. The needles. Uh...
3: Yeah, it looks like a walking, talking game of Kaplunk. Better than the Moon Maniac, in my opinion. I also think, and we'll get to this in the lookalikes. I could probably cast him better than the films that have been made about him. But that's...
2: I have two lookalikes. One I think is very good. The other one I think Ooh. is it's very it's a wild shot, but I've actually photoshopped it to show you because
3: I think because wow. I think it, you wouldn't think it until I show you the Photoshop. It might change your mind. So there you go, audio listeners. If that's not a uh, a little teaser to get involved in some of the visual stuff then why not check us out on our our YouTube page? A lot of people liked your shirt last week. Did they actually? Mm. Obviously, I've been driving down and I missed all the comments. So Yeah. They liked it.
2: Well, there's a lot of uh, (laughs) great comments of people who didn't like it or thought it was, again, like me, interesting, but other people actually said nice things about it. So Wow.
3: Thank you so much. Everyone's
2: so different. Yeah. Which is great. And that's why this world is a wonderful place. But should we get into the case, Ben? Yeah, an interesting case.
3: Sorry, I was running out of breath when I started talking.
2: Can we put that as like just a teaser about this case? Yeah. Make people watch it? Yeah. It's an interesting thing.
3: <laughs> One quote I saw about Albert Fish as we were preparing for the case. Before anyone had done anything, Albert Fish had done everything. Hamilton Howard Fish was born in Washington, D.C. on May the 19th, 1870. And I really thought, given the, the era, mm-hmm. it would be difficult to find photos of a young fish, a young Albert Fish. Um, caviar, are- just caviar? But there, yeah, there is, there you have it, a little photo of, of young Albert Fish. I couldn't find any of Charles Sobhraj. I thought the cameras didn't exist when he was born, but I was very, very wrong. The okay. first uh, photo was taken in a pro- at approximately 1816, which is mental. So
2: 54 years before he was born.
3: Yeah, so I got it bang wrong. I'm holding my hands up. Here we go.
2: Fish's parents were Randall and Ellen, and he was a brother to three other children who were called Walter, Annie and Edwin. And Fish's father was apparently 40 years older than his mum. Um, Fish's father was American of English ancestry, and his mother was Scots-Irish American.
3: So yeah, yeah, very big age gap uh, between Fish's parents. So Randall was seventy-five years old at the time of uh, Albert's birth, with his mother being just thirty-two. She's half his age. Age is just a number, Ben. Yeah,
2: is that not me- always? It's not always just a number. Something there is legal laws that make. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, is when it's all right over. The- Save me, soul, from me. So, his father, Randall, was a boat captain who operated on the Potomac River and suffered from a religious mania. Uh, religious mania wasn't a wrestling event, Ben. It was actually a psychiatric disturbance in which a person experiences intense religious beliefs or episodes that interfere with their normal functioning. So then maybe they'll think God's talking to them or they think they're brought here to do a certain thing.
3: So Fisher's father, he he obviously had many children. He didn't have much of a relationship with uh, young Albert, who at the time was obviously called, went by Hamilton. Albert's memories of his dad, who would die when he was just five years old, I think he had a heart attack, is that he would frequently belittle Albert um, and call him a stick in the mud. You're a real stick
2: in the mud. Many of Fisher's family were mentally ill. His mother would hallucinate and both his brother and sister had been diagnosed with mental illness along with his uncle so mental illness ran within the family several of his relatives would die in psychiatric hospitals and others were diagnosed but never treated so there was an extensive um, list of mental health difficulties within his family
3: so after Fish's father had passed away his mother then put Albert into an orphanage which was St John's orphanage in Washington and this was where he was exposed to a whole world of abuse and um, interestingly Albert actually showed signs of enjoying Physical pain and physical abuse? Yeah, so the teachers, the nuns, they would basically uh, punish the boys by stripping them naked,
2: whipping them and beating them in front of each other. But Fish would actually develop a taste for this, and he would actually get erections during this and derive pleasure from the beatings and watching the other children be beaten. The children would actually be beaten in front of one another, and this is something which really kind of, yeah, it got him excited. Um, And this only led to the other boys bullying him. Uh, It was a horrible place. The school caretakers would also encourage children to hurt each other and it was just yeah it wasn't a place for anyone to as we've always said before you're in a very sensitive stage of your life you're developing your brain's developing you're learning about yourself and learning how to interact with one another
3: and this was yeah a horrible place to be yeah those are the years you can't get back in terms of the the formation of of, of the, how you view the world he also not as bad as the abuse but he was given a a, a pretty nasty nickname is it a nasty nickname i quite like it's quite a cute nickname i, I think I, I,
2: I think the nickname doesn't work as in the reason why they call him
3: it so obviously he was born Hamilton and the nickname was Ham and Eggs. Because it sounds like it. Sounds like Hamilton. Terrible. Ham yeah. It wouldn't bother him. I've had a lot worse.
2: Camel tongue? I haven't had. And oh, so that sounds like Hamilton. Oh, Ham... yeah. 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 He would go on to um, kind of reinvent himself and call himself Albert. He named himself after a dead sibling. Um, to escape that name.
3: Of his time in the orphanage, Albert would go on to remark, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where I got started wrong. We were unmercifully whipped. I saw boys doing many things they should not have done.
2: So following on from him enjoying watching people get beaten, he would kind of pick up the traits of a very voyeurism activity. He would go to local pu- public bathhouses and watch people undress, and he'd start sending obscene letters to people.
3: Yeah, and obscene letters is something that will stick with Albert throughout his life, the stick in the mud. Stick in the letters. um, Didn't work. Didn't work. So before Fish was even 10 years old, so so young, he began to
2: self-harm, beating himself with, with a nail-studded paddle. And he began to practice picurism, which is a psychosexual disorder where one can obtain pleasure from inserting sharp objects into the body. That's uh, the age of 10.
3: How would you first kind of discover Why do you that?
2: ask me these questions if I'm going to know the answer to this? Just I to don't know. Got a, like... He got a splinter and then he got a boner. I don't know.
3: Is that what you want? Don't knock it till you tried it. That I'm sort of...
2: I've had a splinter. I didn't get one.
3: At the age of 11, Albert allegedly fell from a cherry tree um, and this caused quite a severe brain injury, um, though it's not known entirely the consequences of that particular accident.
2: And in 1880, um, his mother would get a job in the government and that's that's when she was able to get Albert back because she had enough money to kind of support him from that point onward. When Fish was 12, he began a relationship with an older boy who introduced him to chorophasia.
3: Ben, do you know what that is? I've watched a Gigi Allen documentary, so that's when I've been exposed. I didn't want to answer too quickly and say, yes, I know what that is. Um, so I didn't. Um, I've watched a Gigi Allen documentary where I was exposed to that word, subtitle. So Do
2: you want to say it? what it is? Uh, it means eating your own feces. And drinking your own?
3: Oh, I thought there was a separate word for that.
2: Oh, sorry. You're right. You do know a lot about this. Sorry. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs>
3: How was he Turn that around?
2: And urolangia. Is that how you say it, Ben? I don't know. I don't want to get
3: your words wrong. What's it, what is it? My words?
0: <laughs> your words.
3: <laughs> is it Euralangia? I have That was. Uh, he just did You're, you're, you're
2: pretending. You're being too <laughs> modest here. Oh, thank you. Um, drinking urine and eating poo, essentially. And they would eat and drink each other's poo and urine until the cows came home. Um, didn't eat theirs, though. Um, he began spending. <clears throat> That's good shit. So, yeah, it, it, all in all, uh, I think a lot of red flags mm. planted here.
3: Here's the thing, though. Did everyone from that orphanage and everyone in Fisher's extended family go on to do what he did?
2: No. Because then there'll be a school of Albert Fishers out there.
0: Fantastic. <laughs>
3: No,
2: I know exactly what you mean. And it does affect people a different way, but I guess the history of mental health problems in his family, all these things happening around him, him meeting the wrong people, like you said, falling from the cherry tree, perhaps hitting his head. All those things together were the ingredients to, what we're going to go into, create create a monster. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right. It is one of those things where some people have a ch- hard childhood and go on to do amazing things. Some people have a hard childhood and go on to do the most heinous of things. Mm. So he got on to leave school at the age of 15 and became a painter and decorator and became, became extremely skilled at it. Um, he would also, from this, he would learn the layout of the city, learn about um, kind of abandoned buildings and things like that. And he was very aware of what areas were well-off or well-to-do, or more about impoverished areas, which we'd go on to exploit those things later on.
3: So it's kind of the turn of the century, approaching the Great Depression, so... Lots of rundown areas, I imagine.
2: So, around 1890, the Fish family moved to New York City, where Albert claimed at this time he became a male sex worker. And he also went on to say that around this age was the time when he started raping young boys.
3: At the same time, all the while, he was obviously trying to take on contracting jobs and painting jobs around the city. He would also, as Tom mentioned, frequently begin to write obscene letters to women whose names he had acquired basically through classified ads, almost lined up with Nanny Doss, not quite a few years apart. But that would have been an interesting couple. You would, um, Nanny Fish.
2: <laughs> Nanny Fish is a good name. Or Albert Doss. Oh, she kept a double barrel. dosh fit. <laughs> Nanny dosfish. fish. Nanny Doss fish. Sounds like a restaurant. What does Nanny make? Nanny Doss fish. Don't eat it, though. Don't eat
3: it. Or a bowl of coffee on the side. Over the next decade, really, fish would basically make ends meet with painting jobs, but also work, you know, sex work on the side so in 1898 fish's mother arranged for albert to get married to anna mary hoffman who was nine years his junior so a slightly smaller age gap than uh, is his parents um i feel like this might have been something where his mum probably noticed a few warning signs with albert and thought you know what we'll do we'll get you a nice a nice wife let's get you settled down and it couldn't have had a more opposite effect
2: uh they would have six children together uh, albert jr aj anna gertrude eugene john and henry
3: good set of fish
2: great set of fish <laughs> i slightly thinking nemo would be there imagine the family picnic they would have a whale of a time um uh, fish out of water in new york so with the long list of things that fish was doing at the time raping young boys um in like sticking sharp things within himself eating feces drinking piss apparently he was never violent to his own he didn't abuse his own children he wasn't violent to his wife he very much at home was the family guy so to speak mm-hmm. and then away from that he would um all his vices would come out to play
3: as we mentioned it's not totally clear where this this fascination was born but there was one uh, recollection fish would later make in one of his diaries uh, where he states that there was an incident in which a male lover took him to a waxworks museum where fish was fascinated by a bisection of a penis um, and after that he became obsessed with the idea of sexual mutilation so he would begin to insert needles into his pelvic area Um, his anus, his penis, uh, his genitals, which is the whole, um, and his taint. Pardon? Taint. Is that the, okay. Gooch.
2: Yeah, shoving needles in there deep within this groin area Mm -hmm. and it's something he found very satisfying and he had the urge to do, which like Ben's The Kaplunk Killer, that's what he was referencing there. So Fish being married and having six children didn't stop him with his morbid uh, fascinations. He was still going to do these things, but his wife would go on to leave him and it's been speculated whether or not she might have, you know, seen some of his behaviour, noticed some of these things. Sure, surely, if you're having these things in your body, there's going to be marks and whatnot. Mm. Um, and also, he did around this kind of time start having hallucinations and this religious mania I mentioned. One time, wrapping himself up in a carpet and believing he was John the Apostle.
3: Yeah, apparently, his daughter came down in the middle of the night for a glass of water and saw him there, rolled up in a rug.
2: What, dad? Why are you in the rug?
3: John. I'm John the Apostle.
2: Okay. <laughs> weird and another time her and his kids were
3: playing in the park and they looked at the hill and he was just there shouting i'm jesus so at the same time i know tom had already mentioned obviously he never harmed his wife he never harmed his six kids but one bizarre incident in that particular neighborhood his children would later recall that albert would play teach the neighborhood kids a game called buck buck how many hands up where he would go and get changed into just some very thin brown shorts, come back in and, and ride around on hands and knees around the room, carrying the children on his back. And he would be blindfolded and he would say, buck, buck, how many hands are up? And the children on his back would hold hold up four fingers or whatever, three fingers. And Albert would have to guess how many fingers they had held up. And if he guessed wrong, then they would spank him that many times. So if he guessed seven and the answer was eight, they'd yeah. spank him seven times with a paintbrush. And he would always intentionally guess wrong. Seventy-eight, horrible. Yeah,
2: but I guess the kids just think it's a fun game, and you know, silly old Albert. But yeah, his wife would go on to leave him around this time. Who knows? You know, who knows what she saw or what she, you know, she thought she saw or what she heard, or maybe you know, heard whispers around the neighborhood about how his his behavior was. And she would leave the children as well, and then she would sell all of their possessions.
3: Albert came home from work, long days painting, overalls covered in paint emulsion and uh, there's just a plate of ham and eggs on the table he's fuming
2: and he got emotional <laughs> oh damn very vicious from the the wife to sell all the stuff and and the and she, she ran off with another man as well mm-hmm. um, but leaving the kids with absolutely kids, yeah yeah leave and as well if she didn't notice any of these things that Albert was doing leaving them with him in that way as well which is very uh, harsh we, we basically got a, a desolate Uh, Albert Fish with his six children um, his habits are getting worse and worse he's obsessing around with castration and sexual mutilation as well as still being attracted to children um, and things are going to get a whole lot darker so now we're going to go into the Albert
3: Fish timeline 1903 this is the first recorded arrest for Albert Fish and this is for grand larceny he was incarcerated at Sing Sing Correctional Facility where he regularly had sex with other male prison inmates throughout his time there Interesting fact about Sing Sing. Go on. And you'll like this. You say that a lot of times. Go I'm on. certain you're going to like this. Uh, cast member of The Sopranos actually uh, served time there. What cast member? Paulie. Paulie Walnuts. Yeah, Paulie Walnuts. I have the actor's name. Tony Sirocco. There you go. The Sing Sing. Known he, uh, he was convicted of felony weapons possession and served 20 months of a four-year sentence at Sing Sing. Other notable inmates, I, there were loads of names. None of them really jumped out at me, but one stunk of a, a Minnesota that we could probably do. God, Ben, tell us what that is. George C. Parker, infamous con man known for selling the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, the man who sold the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. The gang that are watching, of which there are many, and thank you so much, um, suggest it, and then we can put it in a poll.
2: Or we just do it anyway. Grand larceny, by the way, Ben, if people don't know, it's a crime when you steal something very, very valuable. So 1910, whilst he was working in Delaware, Fish met a young man named Thomas Beden. In some reports it said Kedden, but we're going to go with bedden. Fish and Beden then began a relationship involving sadomasochism. However, Bedon had a learning disability and it is unknown how consensual
3: this was. The relationship culminated in Fish luring Bedon to an old farmhouse, suggesting that they meet up for one of their regular dates. Intending to kill Bedon, Fish tied him up, torturing him by cutting off half of his penis. He kept him tied up for two weeks before deciding against killing him, believing it would bring unwanted attention. Instead, he took care of the wound, and some sources even stated that he lathered it in peroxide. Fish then wrapped Bedon's penis in a Vaseline-covered handkerchief and left a $10 bill for his troubles before kissing Beden and leaving.
2: Fish luring him. It's quite funny because you, you lure to Fish. Of the experience, Fish said, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me. Took the first train and could get back home. Never heard what had become of him or tried to find out.
3: Is that the first sign of a little bit of empathy from Fish? I know it not everything else he did, but deciding not to go ahead and, and killing him and actually feeling some sort of remorse.
2: Well the fact he said he did he didn't want to cause unwanted attention seems to suggest he was doing it for his own purposes rather than I mean he, he didn't leave you know, he left himself tied up so and you know, he could bleed out, so who knows. So in in 1917, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, so Fish's wife left them for a man named John, a handyman who had done some work at the house. Before she left, she sold all of their possessions, but left him with their six children, like we mentioned. It was around this time that Fish began to have auditory hallucinations, and at one time, he even wrapped himself in carpet and saying that he was instructed by John the Apostle. So Fish was let alone with his children, and Fish made up games to play with them, like Ben mentioned earlier. There's a few other games we're going to go into here, and this would fulfil his sadomasochistic urges. There were never any reports of sexual abuse, though, to the children. However, as his interest for cannibalism continued, he prepared meals of only raw meat for him and his children. His grown obsession with pain manifested into self-harm, pushing needles into his groin, eventually pushing them so deep that they couldn't be retrieved. Kaplunk.
3: Luckily, yeah, it's a cylinder, so... You... Pull the needle out the other side quite easily, and and then the marbles start to drop.
2: It's straws. Unless you're paying with some. Well, yeah. Some ropey old kaplunk.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect
4: to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: During this time, so obviously we mentioned uh, Buck, Buck, How Many Hands Up, the game that Fish would play, but he also had another game that he would call Sack of Potatoes Over, in which Fish was also undressed, but this time the children climbed on him and slid along his back clawing him with their nails they tried to do it with needles under their nails but had to stop because it hurt the children
2: so also after the marriage ended this is when fish would start writing to women he listed in personal ads describing very graphically the sexual acts he would like to do with them and the descriptions were so vile that they were not made public
3: and no one ever wrote back 1919 Fish stabbed an intellectually disabled boy in the Georgetown area of Washington, D.C. So throughout this time, it's not known exactly how many people um, Fish would would murder. But he did target victims who either had learning disabilities or were of African-American descent because he assumed that these people would not be missed as much. At this time as well, Fish's eldest son um, decided that he'd, he'd taken enough of his father's bizarre behavior that he threw him out and Fish would then go on to become a drifter and was arrested several times during this period of time for minor offences.
2: The killing people who he assumed people wouldn't be missed is very um, Yorkshire Ripper. Yes. And that's a lot of serial killers tend to do. They tend to think... They're cleaning the streets, or they're doing—they're acting in a way which people aren't going to notice. I guess like John Wayne Gacy as well, are people who have runaways, or you know, um, or even Charles Sobrage, people on, on, the, on the hippie trail, thinking yeah. it's either going to take longer for people to realise, or people that aren't going to care as much because they're not from that country and things like that. So it was—it was very kind of—he um, was very thought out with that. And like you said, when it with his job, he was traveling around a lot knew different areas so he kind of knew where he could target so the 11th of july 1924 fish tried to abduct eight-year-old beatrice keel from a family's farm in staten island he lured her by offering money to help him look for rhubarb in the fields he was spotted by beatrice's mother and chased off the farm however he came back and was found trying to sleep in the barn at which point beatrice's parents forced him to leave
3: that's terrifying So 15th of July, 1924. Fish abducted, sexually assaulted and killed Francis MacDonald. Francis was last seen playing on the porch with his mother who saw a grey man on the day that her son went missing. She would later go on to say, he came shuffling down the street, mumbling to himself and making queer motions with his hands. So um, a lot of people would allege that Fish would regularly clench and unclench his fists while he was walking and also what with a bit of a hunch... I saw his thick grey hair and his drooping grey moustache. Everything about him seemed faded and grey. Fish kidnapped Francis from a park and beat him before strangling him. He hung Francis from a tree. He had wanted to also castrate him but the area wasn't secluded enough and he feared being caught if he took too long. Francis' body was found in the woods near where a neighbour had seen Francis and an old man going earlier that afternoon. He was found hanging from his own suspenders with his left leg stripped of flesh so the 5th of october
2: 1926 five-year-old emma richardson is murdered fish has since been suspected as the murderer although this has never been confirmed on the 11th of february 1927 four-year-old billy gaffney was playing hide and seek with his neighbor also called billy fish kidnapped billy gaffney taking him to the house near the riker avenue dumps he stripped Billy naked and tied him up gagging him with a dirty rag he left him overnight burning billy's clothes at the dump on the way home The next day he returned about 2pm, with homemade torture tools, including a belt he had cut into 8 inch strips. He whipped Billy with the strips until he bled, cut off his ears and nose, and slit the corners of his mouth. He also gouged out Billy's eyes. By this point, Billy was dead, having bled out with the multiple wounds. Fish then decided to drink Billy's blood, by sticking a knife in his belly and sucking the blood from the boy's corpse. Fucking hell. That's... (laughs) That's... That's, I think that's my, um, that's the most horrible thing I've read doing this podcast. To get rid of the body, Fish cut it into pieces, putting his nose, ears and slices of flesh into a bag he had brought with him. Fish gathered potato sacks from the surrounding area as well as stones, putting the pieces of Billy's body he did not want to keep, such as the head. And he then sank them in the nearby shallow water, only about three to four feet
3: deep. Fish then went home and cooked the parts of the body he had saved. Um, There is uh, a letter to one of Fish's attorneys uh, that he would later write about this murder where he would go on to say that he put his monkey and peewees and a nice little fat behind to roast in the oven and eat. He would go on to say, I made a stew out of his ears, nose, pieces of his face and belly. I put onions, carrots, turnips, celery, salt and pepper. It was good. Then I split the cheeks of his behind open, cut off his monkey and peewees and washed them first. I put strips of bacon on each cheek of his behind and put it in the oven. Then I picked four onions and when the meat had roasted for about a quarter of an hour, I poured about a pint of water over it for gravy and then put in the onions. At frequent intervals I basted his behind with a wooden spoon so the meat would be nice and juicy. After about two hours it was nice and brown, cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet little fat behind did. I ate every bit of the meat in about four days. His little monkey was as sweet as a nut, but his pee-wees I could not chew, threw them in the toilet."
2: That's some fucked up shit. Lots lots to suggest there. The other Billy that was there when he was kidnapped, when the police asked him about who did it, he said it was the Boogeyman, so that's where this kind of name kind of came around. The police would ignore this statement. Um, because obviously thinking it's made up. However, later on with similar reports about a grey-haired, frail old man walking down the street, muttering to himself, um, they start kind of linking these cases together.
3: Yeah, as a kid, I can't think of anything more terrifying than that that image. You know, like the, the, the boogeyman—that's a grey old man walking down the street. Not that specifically, but at that time, if you heard of if you heard of a, a grey, frail, scary-looking old man, it's like I guess being scared of witches and things like that as a kid um. i
2: think like the thing is that like he because he look he's quite frail and he's old you don't think any he's you can't kind of think he's a bit harmless mm. i guess like the only thing i can think, like the, the old man in home alone that shovel in the snow very good it's like exactly. he but he was quite spooky so 1927 12 year old yetta abramowitz is murdered fish is likely the killer shortly after this fish attempted to test his homemade implements of hell on a child he began molesting named cyril quinn Quinn and his friends were playing box ball when Fish asked them if they'd eaten lunch. When they said they had not, he invited them into his apartment for sandwiches. While the two boys were resting on Fish's bed, they dislodged his mattress, and underneath was a knife, a small hand saw, and a meat cleaver. They became frightened and ran out of the apartment. That's just very good fortune that they dislodged that. 3rd of June,
3: 1928. Edward Budd, an 18-year-old boy living in New York, placed an ad in the New York world that read young man 18 wishes position in country edward bud 406 west 15th street fish arrived at bud's house with a job offer for him a few days later introducing himself as frank howard he said that he had work for bud on his farm now that his wife had left him and his six children he even offered a job to bud's friend willie who was also there Fish, who was going by Howard, told the boys he would be back in a few days to pick them up and take them to his farm to start work. Days came and went and Howard did not show. He then sent a handwritten letter explaining something had come up and that he would be in touch in a few days. Fish had offered the boys $15 a week, which was an impressive sum of money for an impoverished family.
2: So apparently with this, he wasn't expecting Edward to have a friend there, um, Willie the plan was to take edward and then you do these horrible things that he's been doing the thing about this is it's just it's just very different is obviously you're a lot, lot older all the mentions that we see is the gray man a frail old man so an 18 year old young man up for farm work you mentioned quite thin healthy mm-hmm. the idea of him thinking he can overpower him is quite different and having the the moxie to go to the house and actually you know meet the family in plain sight yeah, yeah and and say obviously he's playing a character um and you know The the family were keen on the idea of it because it was a lot of money, and um, yeah, that their friend was keen to go there as well. But I think perhaps he then when when um, Fish went away, he kind of thought about the situation. Two 18 year old men, if I do anything, you know, they they ought to be able to overpower me, so he kind of had to kind of reconsider that. The following morning, Howard visited the Bud family, bringing a gift of strawberries and a pot of cheese. They invited him to stay for lunch. He then noticed the youngest Bud, Grace, and then thinking on his feet. Uh, Fish would go on to say about there's a birthday party that he needs to attend to before he could take the boys to the farm then he asked if Grace could come with him explaining that it was a child's birthday and you know you should be able to make friends and meet people so he kind of sold the dream to them obviously the family here you could kind of argue letting their daughter go with someone they don't know uh, quickly agreeing but this was a man who essentially was their savior, someone yeah. that's coming into their life who's going to make them you know earn a lot a lot of money for yeah. the kind of work so they 're kind of keen to please and he seemed very sweet he bought them gifts He, they thought yeah it's a wealthy to do uh, to do man
3: and a lot of desperate people at that time willing to do a lot of you know anything for money and to put bread on the table um so they view him as somewhat of a savior and this is before stranger danger anything like that long before that, although I guess there's also this rumor going around town of of the gray man or of the Boogeyman,
2: But I think as well, that's, um, yeah, again, people hearing the boogeyman, if you're, if you're a parent hearing of that, you're just going to mm-hmm. think it's just childish whispers really, aren't you? So Grace wasn't taken to a birthday party. Uh, he took Grace to a train station and bought her a one-way ticket. After the ride to the countryside, Fish took her to an abandoned house, which he had picked out on a prior abduction. He told her to stay outside where Grace picked wildflowers. He, he went inside and took off his clothes, not wanting to get blood on them. Fish then called her inside and hid in the closet. He burst out when she entered the room, making her cry and she tried to run downstairs to escape. Fish grabbed her and threatened her to behave or he would tell her mother. He stripped the 10-year-old naked, all whilst she was fighting him, kicking, biting and scratching. He then choked her to death, also cutting her into pieces. When he ate her, he noted how sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took him nine days to consume her whole body. He claimed he'd never sexually assaulted her. It's apparently, when Grace didn't return that evening, the Bud family reported a disappearance. However, the police were now looking for a wealthy man named Frank Howard.
3: And this is the thing: a lot of the cases we've covered recently, including some of the ones we've done on Patreon, we're only able to go off the perpetrator's re- recollection of events. So he's he's being quite abstract in saying, "Oh, she was outside picking wildflowers," and. Then coming out and boldly claiming, you know, I did all of this, but I never sexually assaulted her. And it's widely regarded that he was a a compulsive liar. So, I mean, you're going off his testimony here. 6th of February 1930, Fish married for a second time a widow named Estelle Wilcox. However, the marriage was not deemed legal as Fish's first wife had not yet filed for divorce and was dissolved a week later. The the marriage, not the, the wife. 13th of July 1930, four year old Emil Arling is murdered. Fish has since been suspected of being the culprit.
2: So there's lots of these where it's never been 100% confirmed, but uh, the bodies were found in conditions which suggested that it could very much be a, a fish victim. It was uh, very fishy. 1930, Fish was arrested for sending obscene letters to a woman who had answered his advertisement to be a maid. He then was admitted into Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital. At the 2nd of May 1931, Robin Jane Lewis murdered. She was only six years old. Fish is assumed to have been the murderer.
3: 15th of February 1932, Fish murdered 16 year old Mary Ellen O'Connor. He was painting a house in nearby Queens. 15th of December 1932, 17 year old Benjamin Collins is murdered. Fish again is most likely the murderer. In 1934, a detective persuaded a local newspaper to write and publish a story about Grace Budd's disappearance, claiming that the police were on the verge of a major breakthrough. This led to Fish writing his now infamous letter to the Budd family. So one thing that um, we read about this particular letter, although the letter letter itself is absolutely hideous, um, to make matters worse, the uh, mother of Grace Budd was illiterate uh, and could not read this letter herself. Uh, so she had her son George uh, read the letter. So the letter's gonna be read out
0: now. My dear Mrs. Budd, in 1894, a friend of mine shipped as a deck hand on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. They sailed from the San Francisco to Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was a famine in China meat of any kind was one to three dollars a pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all children under 12 were sold for food in order to keep the others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go into any shop and ask for a steak, chops or stew meat. Part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. A boy or girl's behind which is the sweetest part of a body, is sold as veal cutlets, brings the highest price. John stayed there so long, he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven, one eleven. He took them to his home, stripped them naked and tied them up in a closet and then burned everything they had on. Several times, every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them to make their meat good and tender first he killed the 11 year old boy because he had the fattest ass and of course the most meat on it every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head bones and guts he was roasted in the oven all of his ass boiled broiled fried and stewed the little boy was next he went the same way at that time i was living at 409 east 100th street he told me so often how good human flesh was I made up my mind to taste it. On June 3rd, 1928, I called you at 406 West 15th Street and brought you a pot of cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in my room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her, and she said she would tell Mama. First, I stripped her naked. How did she kick, bite and scratch? I choked her to death and then cut her in small pieces so I could take the meat to my rooms, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little lass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body.
2: So this letter matched the handwriting that Frank Howard had sent the family, replying to the advert for the the boys to work on the farm. Um, And after reporting this note to the police, they then launched an investigation. The letter was found to contain an emblem of the New York Private Chauffeur's Benevolent Association, or the NYPCBA for short. A janitor came forward to admit that he had taken some sheets of paper from the NYPCBA and left them in his old rooming house. The landlady at the house was able to confirm that an old man matching the description lived there for two months and had only checked out a few days earlier. The former tenant was identified as Albert H. Fish. The landlady also mentioned that he wanted to hold a letter that would be arriving from his son. So the detectives would intercept this letter at the post office and sat in and waited for Fish to come and collect it
3: so that's like good old fashioned
0: coppering
2: yeah in 1934 yeah so that's very good police work there um, and yeah waiting for Fish to come so the 13th of December in 1934 the police arrested a shabbily dressed old man who attempted to resist arrest when he was taken to custody and Albert Fisher had finally been caught
3: whether he was going out working as a painter and decorator whenever whether he was travelling he would constantly walk around with razor blades in pockets and apparently at the scene of them trying to arrest him he very quickly pulled out a a razor blade but I think he quickly realized with it being fully grown men instead of children this time that he was gonna you know no in no fit state to contest any, any kind of fight uh, so immediately surrendered. Throughout his questioning Fish confessed to various murders to law enforcement and psychiatrists. Mr Fish described how he wanted to lure Edward Budd and his friend Willie to his farm to kill them. However once he had laid eyes on Grace he changed his mind and decided he wanted to kill her instead. Police were then able to locate the remains of Grace based on his confession. He also discussed the details of the murder of Billy Gaffney, describing how he tied him up and beat him. His attitude was not like those of people with psychosis. He was calm and reserved, which was out of the ordinary. He confessed that he wanted to inflict pain and have pain inflicted on him. He preyed on children, mostly boys. He had a compulsion to write and send obscene letters. When asked about his crimes, Fish explained, what I did must have been right or an angel would have stopped me, just as an angel stopped Abraham in the Bible.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things I remember in the research doing for this is like that. The idea of, because he's doing God's work or, you know, he's he, his religious mania that we mentioned earlier, the idea of, or oh, everything I'm doing is right because an angel would stop me if, this, if it was so wrong. Um, the other thing about the obscene letters were, he would tend to write to women and kind of ask how they would punish his children for misbehaving and like he would encourage them to be very violent and very kind of as you can imagine with how fish is uh, very graphic with his description so that's kind of the kind of detail that went into there and so the police they didn't actually believe about him sticking the needles in himself and there's an infamous photo of the x-ray which uh, i feel actually used with within our intro which shows that there was 29 needles discovered in the region between his anus and his scrotum
3: yeah and these were the ones that he he'd lodged in to the point where they could not be then i hate to use the word withdrawn 11th of March, 1935, although there are many murders linked to Albert Fish, he was only put on trial for the murder of Grace Budd, despite confessing to strangling Francis MacDonald to death on Long Island in 1934 and telling the mother of Billy Gaffney that he killed him. During the trial for Grace Budd's murder, Fish pleaded insanity, claiming that he heard voices from God telling him to castrate little boys, amongst other things. During the trial, the district attorney read aloud Fish's letter. Fish made no attempt to deny that he was the author of the letter, nor did he deny that he killed Grace.
2: So those in the court were unprepared for the stomach-churning testimony of the main defence witness, Dr. Frederick Wortham, a psychiatrist who examined Fish at length. It was so bad that the judge ordered the courtroom cleared of women before allowing Wortham to give the testimony. He said that gradually, as Fish began to open up during the interviews, came the confession of his cannibalism. The psychiatrist said, he definitely told me that he ate the flesh of Grace Bud. So he, he, he linked eating the flesh to like communion so eating the body of Christ. So he had all this kind of links to why he was fine he was doing it and all this stuff. But I don't think in communion you make it into a stew. After a 10 day trial on March 22nd, after one hour of deliberation, the jury concluded that Fish was sane and guilty of murder. The judge said in the case, there is a presumption of sanity. The proof briefly will be that this defendant knows the difference between right and wrong and that he's legally sane and should answer for his acts ultimately determining that Fish was sane enough to understand his actions, delivering the decision to put Fish to death by electric chair. A fish fry. Fish's reaction was surprising. He displayed momentary disappointment, replaced almost instantly by excitement, saying, What a thrill that will be. If you have to die in the electric chair, it will be a supreme thrill. The only one I haven't tried. Then his mood shifted again, and he mumbled, But it wasn't the right verdict. I'm not really saying, you know. That is, that sounds like
3: that's just made up, isn't it? 16th of January 1936, Fish was put to death by the electric chair at Sing Sing Correctional Facility. His last words before the switch was pulled was apparently, I don't even know why I'm here. It took two attempts to kill him. Some assume that the first attempt failed because the device was short-circuited by the many needles that Fish had inserted into his groin over the years. He was pronounced dead at 11.06pm and buried at the prison cemetery.
2: So, just thinking there, you said kaplunk earlier. With the amount of things in him, he could probably play Operation.
3: There's a spanner in his kidney. So obviously, Fish is gone. Fish is no longer with us. He's dead. Yep, as as clarified in the timeline. One thing that he also did, as well as the inserting of needles, mm-hmm. was soaking cotton in alcohol, inserting it up his anus, and then setting fire. To the cotton, mm. to then go in inside of him, making him a human lantern. Human lantern. I've seen a lot of videos recently. What? Bear with me. Of people going to those um, bars where they put like shots in your mouth and then set your mouth on fire. And I've seen just I've never seen,
2: seen that. I've seen them put them on the head. Never set oh, your they, mouth they, on fire.
3: They tip a load of. Um, yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it always goes wrong. They either dribble some. Uh, some liquor down goes the side of their face, them, goes yeah. all over them, and liquor. they can't put the fire out. Liquor, yeah, alcohol, soaking cotton in alcohol, placing it, uh, not placing it, inserting it in, into himself, and then lighting it on fire. Would you not so light it up
2: before, Ben? If you were to do it, would you light it before you put it up?
3: I'd be it worried. Would stink. I, that would
2: rush. Me. That would stink.
3: it Would stink if anyone did it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but we all know. And with your gas, <laughs> i be picking up pieces of you around the neighborhood. Yeah. Sorry, Mrs. Jackson. This is his little. I am for real. That kind of thing could, could kill you. Don't can, do that. Yeah. Don't do that.
3: See him with, in an episode of Jackass. So Fish was suspected of committing at least five murders during his lifetime. He confessed to three of those um, and, and police were actually only able to uh, convict him on one of those, which was Grace Budd. However, he would confess to stabbing at least two other people. Very famous uh, quote. There are many famous quotes actually from Albert Fish, but one in particular is that he once boasted he had a child in every state and at one time believed his number of victims was about 100. However, it's not known whether he was referring to rapes or cannibalization. And it's not known also if he was being truthful when making this statement.
2: It's even speculated if he meant fathered as well. See, Fish was a keen writer as we know from all those disgusting letters and obscene letters he sent and also uh, kind of some diary entries and Fish's lawyer had the possession of these notes as well and he would go on to say I will never show it to anyone it was the most filthy string of obscenities that I've ever read which yeah I can only imagine the kind of things he was writing he was also the oldest prisoner to be ever executed in Sing Sing at the age of 65
3: oh he looked older than that
2: he wasn't good for 65 no
3: Mind um, you, he'd lived a life um no wait that sounded like that sounded jealous no um he lived he lived no, you said he lived the life he was a, tr- a well-traveled man you said he lived the life no i didn't say the life you're mishearing me i, I don't said know he lived like, a life you went boy
2: he lived the life i think that's how you said it wow interesting
3: no but he, he did not look good for 65 it was that's
2: a bit harsh isn't it I'm not No,
3: he looked horrible.
2: And he was horrible. So judge his book by his cover. Mm. Ben, um, a little bit of light relief here. There's 10 tracks um, written about fish in this situation. So uh, I'm going to tell you the titles of these and the artist's bio. So feel free to make a horrific playlist for yourself, maybe because Halloween's coming up or whatever. Um, so there is... Coming in at number 10 is Exhumed with Instruments of Hell. At number nine, Tyler the Creator with Fish... Coming in at number 8 is Macabre with Mr. Albert Fish. Brackets was children your favourite dish. Mm. Coming in at number 7 it's Macabre again with Albert was worse than any fish in the sea. That is one of the worst. That's the kind of thing that... No. No, nothing. And no- <laughs> Coming in at number 6 is Macabre again with fish tails. Coming in at number 5 is Church of Misery with the grey man, Albert Fish. Coming in at number 4 is Necro with Human Consumption. Coming in at number three, it's Cannibal Grandpa,
3: Albert Fish. And number two, clarify that last one isn't by Albert Fish, is it? Because that'd be awful. If he wrote, wrote, no, wrote and performed a song. He was just a painter. Yeah. Coming in at number two,
2: the number twelve looks like you, Document Grace Bud. And coming in at number one, it's Sparzanza with Mr. Fish. Feel free to listen to any of them. Haven't listened to any of them. I don't know if they're shit. But yeah, this is obviously, it was a very, very heavy case. Trying to get any light relief in it is obviously very hard.
3: We had to, yeah. We had to clutch at straws. Stick it out and Good plank. There you go. There you go. Um, his crimes were dramatised in the 2007 film The Grey Man starring Patrick Boucher as Fish. And I think as a nice tangent into our lookalikes yes and we feel like we accidentally tom caught a glimpse of one of mine um we might have we might have one of the same but for the for the audio guys we do it almost in every episode we have a little lookalikey who have you got for us this week tom
2: my first one i have is the actor carmen philippi old man in Alan tunner films yeah that's what i searched
3: yeah yeah carmen philpy um I remember him as um, the old man in The Wedding Singer that tries to stick up for Adam Sandler. And he uh, used to be a lot stronger. A similar look to Carmen Filpy. I've gone for Patrick Cranshaw, who is best known for playing Blue in Old School. Uh, you're my boy, Blue. Similar to Carmen Filpy. If you put them next to each other, you'd think they might be related. Yeah, I can see that. And my final one, Cricket from It's Always Sunny. I think uh, Cricket would play a really good Albert Fish if you put some ageing makeup on him. Makeup. Makeup on him.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I can his eyes. It's the yeah, eyes. It's the eyes, yeah. And the mustache.
2: Yeah. Um, my one, which I think everyone's going to say is a terrible shout, but then I've edited it to see.
3: This is the Photoshop one. Yeah. yeah
2: is Mike Dean. And so that's the picture there. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> Mike Dean's face, and it looks like that. It's not too crazy. From
3: oh, side by side.
2: Not bad. Not bad. The eyes aren't as sad in Mike Dean.
3: No, but it's the. the There's something about faces. Yeah, his it's face like, goes more outwards. It's as a well bit, bit at the top. more like
2: yeah. Yes yeah,
3: that's, that's a good um, shout Actually, take okay. it back.
2: Face like a watch. It, Mike Dean. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure about that, but I think, but I think to be fair, mm. the, the Carmen one is is, is yeah. good.
3: I've got one more. I've just scrolled down and he was there. It made me jump. <laughs> um, the guy that plays Jigsaw, uh, Tobin Bell.
2: He would play a good one. And that was the case of Albert Fish, the Boogie Man.
3: Yeah, dark one this week. That was arguably, in the timeline in particular... Ugh, some, some,
2: some of the th- darkest things I've ever read, Ben. Oh, Horrible. And it gave producer Dan a light head at one point. Yeah. Which... I mean, it's quite late and uh, he's had a coffee, <laughs> but um, it, yeah, very, very dark case indeed. And next week it will be the case that you guys picked, which we're, we're buzzing to do, I imagine. Very buzzing. So at the current time, there hasn't been a vote yet, but I imagine you guys haven't failed Hasn't picked something terrible, right? Because if you did, nah, I'm sure you smashed it. And guys, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram. It is at could murder a pod and on Twitter. And if you search roughly the same thing on Facebook, it will come up and you can join the great community over there.
3: As well as that, we have got a store which is icmap.store. Um, go over there, grab your mugs, your stickers, your tote bags, your your badges. We've got the lot. Or if you if you can't pick, get a bundle because that has one of everything. You're picking the lot. Yeah.
2: Less clicks and you save some money. And we also have a Patreon where we've got lots of minisodes over there. It roughly works out a quid a week, and you are getting a new episode every week. So if you want to support us over there, then. Thank you very much.
3: We're going to be doing some exciting things over on our Patreon page uh, over the coming weeks. So if you simply can't get enough, then now's the time to get yourself a little slice of the Patreon pie.
2: And another quick thank you to this week's sponsor, Manscaped. Don't forget to go over there and use the code ICMAP to get 20% off and free shipping at the Manscaped website.
3: Your balls will thank you. Thank you.
2: That was Ben's balls. Mine thank you very much. Fat.
3: Big bulls. You feel mine sounded quite cute. Pathetic. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tell Ben to stop hitting me. Cause you're a wanker. And like we always say
3: We say this all the time
2: Keep doing what you're doing.
3: Hmm. Unless it's
2: uh yourself. Going to a fish fry, but
3: they're going good money on eBay. Kaplunk could have a look
2: if you want, mate. (laughs) Help me,
3: (laughs) see you later, guys. Thank you, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's top's balls here.
2: Yeah. D- dignified Inside. Happy, content, balls
3: Mm-mm. Are you trying to convince? I'm a happy marriage
0: <laughs> You have been listening to I Could Murder a Podcast Written and presented by Tom Norris and Ben Carter Additional voiceover by Dan Lambert Additional research and timelines Written by Danielle St. Romain Produced and mixed by Dan Lambert of Boston Sound Artwork and animation by Phil Whitten. Theme song by Alfie Indra. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe and leave us a five star review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at Could Murder a Pod. For additional and exclusive content, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash a Pod. And don't forget to tell all of your friends.
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: I Could Murderer Podcast is proudly part of the Acast Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live q as exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk.